Hello, and welcome to Wenatchee in the Word, a podcast ministry of Ridgepoint Baptist Church. Our purpose is to help each one of us grow more in love with God by studying and meditating on His Word. We're glad you joined us today. Now, let's see what the Bible has to say. Well, hello, everybody. I trust that you've had a good week so far in the Lord, and I pray that it would continue that way. We're going to be diving right back into John chapter number 17. This is a chapter that takes place in the same exact night as uh, as many of the other chapters we've already gone through in the book of John, chapters 13 all the way through 17. But we're getting to a portion now where instead of Jesus teaching and giving some comfort to his disciples in in and through his teaching, uh, we see him pray. And so I, I call this chapter, chapter number 17, the Lord's Prayer. And I know a lot of times when we hear the Lord's Prayer, we think of uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that whole spiel, spiel of a prayer, which I would I would look at that and call that the model prayer. Uh, it really does show us a great way to line out how we pray to the Lord. But here in John chapter 17, we actually have a prayer from our Savior. It really is the real Lord's prayer. We see words from his mouth to the Father on his own behalf, on the behalf of his disciples, and I love it, and we'll see it today, also on behalf of us, the believers who would follow him all the way down in the future. He prayed for us. And so let's dive right into it. John chapter 17, verse number one, it says this, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. This entire chapter, Jesus is praying, and we're going to learn a lot from the prayer of Jesus, but I love how he starts it off by saying, Lord, glorify me. God, glorify me uh, so that uh, you can ultimately find glory in me. And of course, he's talking about the fact that he knows he's about to die and he knows that ultimate uh, glory is going to come to the Father because of the act of what he's going to do when he is lifted up and when he is crucified. But he says in verse 3, he says, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. He takes a point, he, he makes it a point to pray the gospel. He says how we get eternal life. He says clearly here, by knowing God the Father through his Son, Jesus Christ, eternal life uh, is is gained through Jesus, and it, it requires, eternal life requires entering into a personal relationship with God 
in Jesus. When we admit our sin and we turn away from it, Christ's love lives in us by the Holy Spirit. And then he says, I have glorified thee on the earth. I finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me in thine own self with the glory which I had before with thee before the world was. So Jesus, he asks the Father to restore him to his original place of honor and authority, where he was since before creation. He's saying, God, I can't wait till the time when I'm restored. Would you restore me through this process? Would you restore me back to the place where I once was? And we would know that Jesus's resurrection and his ascension, but also uh, the exclamation of, I think, Stephen when he was martyred, we would see in those different things uh, that it does attest to the fact that Jesus did return to his exalted position with God. Stephen in Acts chapter 7, when he's about to get stoned, he's, he looks up to the heavens and he sees Jesus, the Son of God, standing at the right hand of God. And there's other passages that talk about the Lord sitting at the right hand of God. And so we would know from Scripture and from the fact that Jesus uh, had victory over death and rose from the grave and ascended into heaven. And then, of course, as I said, Stephen's exclamation, we would all of that would have test to the fact that Jesus does return to that glory that he's asking the Father of right here. And he says, I've manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me. And they have kept thy word. Now they've known all, that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. Here he's now not praying for himself, but he's praying for his disciples. He's saying, Lord, you gave me. Father, you gave me these men. And I've taught them everything that you've told me to teach them. And they believe that I have come from you. They believe your word. They believe everything that I have told them. And they are, they are solidified in that belief. So I pray for them, verse 9 he says. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. What did Jesus mean when he said he's glorified in his followers? He's saying that God is glorified, that he is glorified when his character and his presence are revealed. And the lives of Jesus' disciples reveal his character and he is present in and to the world through them. So it begs the question for us as followers of Christ, does our life reveal Jesus's character and presence? When we are living in a way that reveals his character, that is bringing him glory. And he's saying here, God, Father, I pray for the, the followers that you have given me. They're in this world and and they're mine because they're yours, and they're yours because they're mine, and we are glorified in them. And now I'm no more of the 
and now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Jesus was asking that the disciples would be united in harmony and love as the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are united. The strongest of all unions, he says, as we are united, may those who follow me, follow us, be united as well. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. He says, all of them are still following me, except for Judas. The son of perdition is a reference to Judas, except for Judas, because the scriptures say, said that someone would have to betray me. And so, other than that, because the scripture said it, those who have followed me, they are still with me. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of this world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. The world, we we saw this in the last episode, the world hates Christians because their values differ from theirs. Because Christ's followers don't cooperate with the world by joining in their sin, they are living accusations against the world's immorality. And the world follows Satan's agenda, and Satan is the enemy of Jesus and his people. And so naturally the world is at enmity with the things of God, and so those who are truly following God are going to be hated by the world. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. They're going to be hated, Father. They're going to be ridiculed. They're going to have people come up against them. But don't take them out of the world. Give them strength to live in this world through your truth. A follower of Christ becomes pure and holy through obeying and through believing and obeying the word of God. Although we, if we're saved, have already accepted forgiveness through Christ's sacrificial death, applying God's word every day will have a purifying effect on our minds and on our hearts. Scripture points out sin, motivates us to confess, renews our relationship with Christ, and it guides us back to the right path. And Jesus here is saying, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they might also be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Jesus here turns his prayer to us, to all those future believers. He says, those who believe on me because of the word of the disciples, my closest followers, the word that they spread and that and people come to believe on me because of that word, those people now, I pray, Father, that you would help them to be unified. 
that they would be one in us and that the world would believe through their unity that you truly did send me. And what a prayer request. I think of no wonder this was Jesus's prayer request. If we look at our world today, it's so easy for us as Christians to become disunified over the silliest things. But God desires that we would be unified in him. Jesus says, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect or complete in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me, and I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Man, you look at the entire prayer of Jesus here, and it focuses so much on unity. God, unify me again with you. Give me, restore my glory that day that you and I will be together again. My followers, help them to be unified, Lord. Even in a crazy world that's going to come up against them for the fact that they follow me, help them to be unified. And those who believe on me because of the followers here, the future followers of me, Lord, would you help them to be unified as they live through this world. The entire prayer of Jesus really hinges hinges on this. We learn from it that the world truly is a tremendous battleground where the forces under Satan's power and those under God's authority are always at war. And Satan is and Satan and his forces are motivated by bitter hatred for Christ and his forces. And Jesus, he prays for his disciples, including us who follow him today, and he prayed that God would keep his chosen believers safe from Satan's power, setting them apart, and making them pure and holy, uniting them through his truth. That's what it all comes down to, is that we would be unified in truth. So as we go through this day, may we fulfill in God and through Christ, his own prayer request that we would be unified together through his truth. Don't let the petty arguments and the, the, what Paul writes later in some of his letters, uh, he calls them uh, confusing arguments and things that gender strife. Uh, don't, don't give way to all that so many times we give way to, to disunify us. Stick with the word of God. His word is truth. And that, that is what unifies us. Our belief in Christ and our belief in the truth of his word. So hold to his truth and allow that to bring unity in our lives with other believers, whether that be in our family, in our own home, whether that be in our local church, whether that be in the workplace, maybe some other Christians that are in our workplace, may we be united in Christ 
through his truth so that, as Jesus said here, others would see us and bring glory to the Father because of our unity. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe to it or share it with your friends. You can hit that share button or take a screenshot and share it on your social media. And if you're from the Wenatchee area, we'd love to see you at Ridgepoint sometime. Find out more about our ministry at WenatcheeChurch.com. Thanks again for listening. God bless.